Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Hi, everybody. Are you ready for the Bible today? Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says this. I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to just be with you, to worship you, and now, God, to just hear from you. Lord, I pray that you'd help every individual to hear something that's just for them. Father, from your word, by your Holy Spirit, we believe in your ability to speak to us. Lord, I thank you for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. We're just trusting, God, to hear from you. We love you and we honor you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So last week, we started this new series called Loved. And we took the first week to just talk about the basis or the starting point of God's love for us. And we compared it to the love that a natural parent has for their child, right? A natural parent loves their child simply because that child is theirs. And God loves us simply because we're his. It's not because of what we do or because of our performance. It's just the fact that we are his. In fact, he created us in his image. And just like a parent can see themselves in their child, God can see his image in us as well because he created us in his image. And God has made this decision to love you and to love me unconditionally. Now, one of the things I'd like to do before I jump into today's message is I want to give you a quick parenting tip. You know, a great way to sow this truth of unconditional love into your children is that when your kids get in big trouble, I mean like the really big trouble kind of stuff, take an opportunity to just communicate the fact that you love them perfectly in that moment. That even though you're about to punish them, even though, you know, things are about to get tough in their lives because of the choices that they've made, take the opportunity to say, I love you and I will always love you. I think it's a great opportunity for us to communicate a truth here on earth that's true about God in heaven and his love for us and his love for his children is to do that in the midst of their greatest failures. Amen. All right. So last week, we, we landed on these two statements, that God did not create you to earn his love, but God created you to receive his love. Now, let me say that one more time. God did not create you to earn his love. God created you to receive his love. And today, what I want to talk to you about is how do we rest in God's love? How do we receive God's love? Because God's love for you is already decided. Like, it's a done deal. Um, We're the ones who need to change. We're the ones who need to learn how to accept that love that he already has for us. And so that's what we're going to do today. Now, I want to take you today to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read verses 38 through 42. And this is the story of Mary and Martha. And here's what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She did, excuse me, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. (laughs) Now, Mary in this story represents that person who knows how to rest in God's love, how to receive God's love, and she is just chilling at Jesus' feet, listening to what he is saying. Now, Martha represents the rest of us normal people, (laughs) right? To to better understand the story, though, it's important for us to understand the cultural context and the social pressures that are implied in this story. In Jewish culture, it was really... um, normal to be a very hospitable family, right? You would take care of anyone who would come over to your house. As a matter of fact, the Jewish community was so hospitable that they would take in strangers like a very normal thing, not just people that they knew. Um, Some of you have this gift of hospitality, and you get it, right? When someone's in your home, you want to make sure that they are taken care of. Something to drink, you know, you're thinking, okay, I need to have something hot. I need to have something cold. I need to have something sweet. I need to have water. You're thinking, okay, they need to have something to eat, right? Whether it's a meal or not, they got to have something salty. I've got to have something sweet. I've got to have something savory. And then you're thinking about where are people going to sit, right? And is the temperature right? So many details to be a good host. And some of y'all really have that gift of hospitality. Jesus has just showed up at Mary and Martha's house. But he's not showed up alone. He showed up with his plus 12, right, his disciples. At minimum, there probably were more people with him as well. Y'all, that's a lot of work, period. So people who are listening to this story when it was first told to others after it happened would empathize for Martha's position, right? They would absolutely see her point, like, tell my sister to help me. There's a lot of work to be done around here. Now, Let's look at what God's word says about Martha in this context. It says, first of all, that she's distracted by all the preparations that have to be made. Now, we've already established that these preparations are real and normal and customary. But what does the word distracted mean? The word distracted means being unable to concentrate because one's mind is preoccupied. That's the Google definition, right? Well, what should Martha be concentrating on? Well, really, she should be concentrating on the fact that Jesus is in her house. Not necessarily all the obligations in the moment, but more so just the fact that Jesus is in the house. He's in the room, and she's missing it, right? Um, We have to make sure that we don't allow like the preparations in life to steal from our ability to actually be present. Like, have you ever thrown a birthday party for a child and you're so busy doing all the birthday party stuff that you forget to enjoy the birthday? Or maybe you're at a wedding and you're really focused on everything that needs to happen in a wedding. Maybe this happened at your own wedding, right? So many preparations and so many things that sometimes we're not actually present for the event itself. That's what's happening to Martha in this story. She's distracted by everything that's going on, that she's missing the event of Jesus being in her home and being present with Jesus. 
And it's also important that we don't allow the the preparations to steal the presence. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great people at Victory, and one of the things I love is all the people who serve and make things like Sunday mornings happen, for instance. And it's really important to us as a church family that even though people are serving and doing, everybody needs an opportunity to enter into the presence of God, to enjoy being with God and worshiping God and hearing God's voice for themselves. So I think it's important for all of us that um, we don't allow our serving to distract us from being in the presence of God, right? Jesus, he recognizes more than just distraction in Martha. He points something out very specifically. He says that Martha is worried. Here's how he says it. In verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Jesus is reaching deeper than worry about the guest. He's saying you're worried about many things. So this goes beyond the folks who are in the house. There's a, a pastor who uh, spoke at one of our recent youth camps. Uh, his name is Manny Arango. And this is what he said about worry. He said, worry is the ability to meditate on the problem. But then he takes it further than that. He says that it's actually worship, right? Because when you meditate on a problem, you end up worshiping the problem. And here's his challenge. He says, if you can worship the problem, you can worship the one with the answers. Isn't that a good word? If you can worship the problem, you can worship the one who has the answers. Y'all, worshiping your problems is, will, will preoccupy you. But worshiping um, your problem, excuse me, worshiping your problems will keep you from worshiping God. So our worry, all the attention we put on the thing that we're worried about, we need to turn that to God and put our focus on him and worship him because he's the one who has the solution. The worry um, is keeping Martha away from the feet of Jesus. And what he's saying is, Martha, you are worried about so many things. Take that attention and put it on me, right? Put it on the Lord. Put it on the fact that he is present in your home at that moment. Mary, on the other hand, you get this like touchy-feely picture of Mary, right? She's relaxed. I'm thinking she's probably misunderstood as just being frankly lazy. I'm sure at that moment, Martha thought her sister Mary was pretty lazy, right? And there she is just resting at the feet of Jesus, not feeling the pressures of the cultural norms to be a good host. She's just sitting there, just listening to the words of Jesus. Now, let's see what Jesus' reply to Mary's protest is again. She, again, he says in verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. In verse 42, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Apparently, being with Jesus, listening to Jesus, was the only thing that was really needed in that moment. Not the work, not the performance. Martha knew how to work. She knew how to perform. She knew how to give. But Mary knew how to receive. Martha was distracted and worried, but Mary was focused and at rest. 
Isn't that a powerful picture for you and for me? Like, how many times in our lives are we distracted and worried? And what God wants to teach us how to do is how to be focused and at rest. And for a lot of us, that's a new way of thinking and a new pattern of living, right? I love Psalm 46, verse 10. It says this, Be still and know that I am God. What, what keeps you from being still before God? What keeps you from being able to sit at Jesus' feet? What keeps you from being able to just stay? Like, to stay before God and not move on to the next thing. Now, I think some of the, the answers to those questions are really practical, right? Like, a lot of us live busy lives, right? Or maybe we have poor life habits, and so time just slips through our, our fingers, and we don't really ha- make time for God the way we could. Or maybe you're in a pattern in life where you kind of move from one crisis to another crisis, and, and the, you know, kind of like the what's next, and what's the squeaky wheel, and I'm just kind of moving from thing to thing to thing. And, and the reality is, um, spending time before God and being with Him and just taking that time is a, it's a pattern and a discipline and it takes a slowing down that a lot of us have to work at because we're not good at it, right? Sometimes the reason we don't stay before God, the reason we don't sit at Jesus' feet like a Mary would, goes deeper than that. Sometimes we can't sit before God or stay before God because we're afraid of what's inside of us. We're afraid that when we really get quiet, when we really get settled, when we really get before the Lord, maybe questions that you have inside of you will surface that you're not comfortable with. Or maybe hurt that's inside of you will surface and you're not comfortable with that. Or maybe unresolved sin that you're afraid of, of dealing with before God will, will come up and, and, and you're afraid of dealing with that. But I want to tell you today, that he is the safest place for you to be you. He already knows who you are. He knows everything about you. And he is the safest place for you to be yourself. Sometimes the reason we can't stay still before God isn't because of what's going on inside of us. It actually has more to do with the fact that we're really afraid of him. Like we're afraid of what God might say to us. Or we're convinced that He's probably mad at us or we're afraid of, of what he's thinking. He's a, afraid, or maybe we're just afraid of what he might ask us to do. And so the idea of just setting before God and being with God is really kind of an intimidating thing. But I want to tell you today that a lot of these things are just lies. The reality is God is a safe place for you. He's his, your creator. He's your Father in heaven. He is the one who loves you unconditionally and loves you perfectly and doesn't love you for your performance. He loves you because he made you. He loves you unconditionally. Don't be afraid to go before God and to be quiet before God or just talk to God or interact with him and just stay in that place. Have the courage to stay before him and receive his love. I love 1 John 4.18. It says this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Who's the one with perfect love? The Lord is. Because fear has to do with punishment. 
And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. You see, to be made perfect in love, you have to learn how to receive love. To be made perfect in God's love, you have to be able to go before him, be in his presence, be before him, listen to him, talk to him, and just be able to receive what he has for you. The reality is Martha that day was not in a place where she could receive. She was only giving. She was only doing. But Mary positioned herself in a place where she could receive. She could receive God's love. She could receive the word of God. She could receive what she needed for him. And what Jesus was trying to say is, listen, this is the important thing right now. This is what matters right now, is what God has for Mary, what God has for Martha, but Martha's missing out on, and frankly, what God has for you. Here's my challenge to you today. Choose the one thing that's needed that Jesus says and be with Jesus. One of my favorite phrases is waste time on God. Just set aside time and just be with God and just talk to God and tell him what you're feeling and tell him what you're thinking and receive what he's saying to you and read his word and worship him. Just be with him. Just Put yourself before him. Sit in a quiet place. Talk and walk with the Lord and listen for the Lord, right? For some of us, this takes real courage. Maybe we put our relationship with God in a box where it's like, well, I'll read a scripture or I'll say a prayer. But when it comes to just like time, when it comes to just being settled before the, before the Lord, maybe that's intimidating. But you see, this scripture in Luke chapter 10 It's there for you because here's Mary. She's supposed to be doing so many other things as far as the practicalness of it all. And yet Jesus is encouraging what Mary's doing by just being at the feet of Jesus, just listening to the words of Jesus. And that's God's encouragement for you is just to have the courage to set the time to just be with him so that you can receive his love, receive his words, receive the best that he has for you. Because the reality is, he already loves you, and he will always love you. And what he wants us to do is to learn how to be before him and to receive the best that he has for us. Maybe you're listening today, and you would say, you know, I've never really put myself in a place where I could really hear God and follow after him. Jesus made this amazing statement to his disciples when he was gathering them. He said, come and follow me. And what he meant by that is, listen, I'm going to take you on a journey and I'm going to teach you and I'm going to grow you and you're going to learn so much about the father by just following after Jesus. And today, maybe you're in a place where you've never responded to that call in your own life, where you've decided, you know what? I'm not going to have life in my own hands, but I'm going to put my life in God's hands. And you hear that that tug or feel that tug in your heart that says, come and follow Jesus. If you've never made that decision, I just want to encourage you to make that decision today. The way that you do that is you just go to God and just say, God, I want to follow you. I recognize what Jesus has done on the cross for me. And I ask that you forgive of all of my sins. And I thank you that Jesus has died for my sins, but that he's risen from the dead so that I may also have new life in him. 
And then you just say, God, I, I just want to follow you. I want to know you, and I want to walk in a relationship with you. If you've never made that decision in your life, I just want to encourage you today, if you're watching this on Sunday, October 4th, 2020, make this your day to commit your life to the Lord. He's going to give you a new life and a new start. If that's you today and you're making that decision, we really want to know about it. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps? And we'll reach right back out to you, rejoice with you, want to make sure that you have everything you need for this journey that you're on and what it means to follow Christ. Now I want to take a moment and I want to close with prayer today and ask God, would you help us to know what it is to be able to position ourselves to receive the love that you have for us. Let us have the peace in our spirit to be able to sit before you and be able to receive the best of what you have for us today. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you for your amazing love. God, it's greater than we know. And I thank you that your love has not changed and it is not fickle and it will not change. But Lord, help us to be good at learning and receiving the perfect love that you have for us. Because the reality is that perfect love drives out all fear and makes us safe before you. Lord, any barrier that would keep us away, whether it's distraction, whether it's things inside of us, or maybe things that we're intimidated with you, let all of those barriers fall away. And may we learn, God, to trust you, to lean into you, to hear from you, and God, to receive the best that you have for us. We love you and honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.